Street Photography Magazine podcast, episode number 75, Self-Publishing with Chris Suspect. Hello again and welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. One of the great frustrations in the digital age is that how easy it is to make your photography available to the world, yet so difficult to get people's attention and take the time to look. Street and documentary photographer Chris Suspect, who is the featured photographer in the August 2020 issue of the magazine, has figured it out. He regularly enters his work in competitions, attends festivals, well, at least he did when you could do that, and basically by getting to know people personally. And most recently, he is self-publishing a series of photo books, which have been very successful. After speaking with Chris, I realized that he is the living embodiment of the old adage, don't wait for the phone to ring. In this free sample of the interview from our most recent issue of Street Photography Magazine, Chris shares the details about how he creates and promotes his self-published books. Plus, he tells us the story behind his latest book, Old Customs. And then the one that I'm coming out with, which will be, uh, I'm going to start pre-orders on August 15th, um, will be come out September 15th, and that's called Old Customs. Mm-hmm. And this book is actually all color photography. And it's uh, really, it's a, and I've sent you a, a preview of this um and to me it's kind of a um it's sort of a mix between like street photography and like fine art photography because there's there's several setup uh scenes in 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 there um you know i use this mirror so basically this book was really when i first went to uh romania in this town vama veke um for a, a photo festival that i got invited to um Part of me was really curious about the young people there because they were really sort of the first generation um, to not live under communist rule. Because if you re- recall, in 1989, Nicholas Ceausescu's communist regime um, collapsed in the, the revolution of 1989. And so a lot of these younger people are really the first generation to grow up with not knowing what it's like to live under communism, but they have to live with the historical um, aspects of it, you know, all around them. So, you know, going there, I was kind of really cognizant of, 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 of this, of not being shackled by having known communism. And then at the same time, I was really curious about, you know, how they experienced freedom, if you will. Um, and so, the idea for for this book was kind of to to kind of capture um, the sense the, the sense of freedom, but having your history shackled by these older traditions, um, particularly from a communist era. And so I try to do that uh, through the framework of a um, like a magical mythical fairy tale where I incorporate. Uh, elements of some Romanian myths and also all the sequences are separated by these kind of elaborate Romanian uh, embroidery patterns that also contain um, uh, 
uh, I guess, symbols um, that are, are in a sense like secret languages to the regions around uh, Romania. They all represent mm. something. Um, so really, it's kind of like, you know, when you see like a like a beautiful naked woman with a starburst mirror on their head, you know, that sort of represents these fairies that kind of permeate through, you know, the myths of Romanian myths. There's these fairies that there's good and bad fairies and the good ones come down and they bestow like good agriculture, uh, successful marriage, fertility, this sort of thing. Um, so, you know, kind of tying in that myth, uh, th that sort of that sort of stuff. So really, that one's sort of like, a, you know, laid out like a, a fairy tale. And is it is it documentary? I wouldn't call it documentary at all. Um, it's more of kind of a conceptual fine art approach that utilizes uh, street photography and, um, you know, some uh, set up conceptual photography. Did you have this concept? in your head before you started, before you started photographing? Or did you create this after looking at the work you shot while you were there? So I had the whole idea of capturing the first generation of, of, uh, to live without communism. I picked up on, you know, my first day or two in Vama Veke, which is the, 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 the beach town that we're, that the festival was at. So that to me was really kind of, uh, important. And I met some young people like right off the bat there that day. Um, and you know, they all kind of became my muses really, um, for a lot of these kind of more like set up sorts of shots. Uh, so that was always there. The mirror business, that happens in there came about because it was really weird. I had this epiphany. I was in my kitchen and um, listening to the Velvet Underground and they have the song, I'll Be Your Mirror. And I thought like, you know, what if you, uh, um, how could you turn that around on its head with photography? And then I thought, oh, I'll create this mirror mask that someone can wear and I'll see what gets reflected in it. And I brought that and that was right before I went for my second year to Vamavec and I brought that with me, this mirror mask, because I thought I would try it out there for fun. And uh, when we were out shooting with it, I realized if it, if you point this mirror mask at the sun, um, it reflects it right directly into the lens and creates like this explosion, turning people into like gods and goddesses. And that's where I, I went. And then looking at that stuff, I was like, wow, this is almost mythical or it's really uh, it's really unique. And that's where then th that idea came from. And then when I was piecing together all the work, I um, tied in the uh, Romanian embroidery, which I found examples of that from like around 1910 or turn of the century um, online. And I basically recreated some of what I saw uh, using Illustrator to kind of get that get that look to, to separate sequences so old old customs is going to have and i haven't decided 100 percent yet but it's going to have kind of a, an opaque cover that makes it um kind of like a we'll look the the image faded and then it's going to have a like a and i'm debating whether to do a gold embossed um title on the page or actually do a gold uh, title on top of this uh, kind of translucent opaque paper that's or plastic that's going to cover the uh, the book. So anyway, all of these first editions have something kind of special to them. 
um, that second editions will will not have. So, how did you go about self publishing like this on this level? Well, self publishing it was my choice. I've had the opportunity to have a lot of this work published by actual book publishers. Um, and but they all want you to do a Kickstarter or you know, raise money or provide the money for it. And to me, none of it made sense to me. I mean, I was, you know, like I, like I've said several times, you know, I come from the the world of punk rock. And when I was playing in a band back in the day, I also ran my own record label. And, um, you know, I knew what it take to kind of, to publish and, uh, to publish at least, you know, CDs and vinyl records. Um, and I was like, you know, it can't be much different for a, for, 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 for a book. So I just started doing the research, um, and then I discovered a really good printer in the United States that also prints, uh, printed a lot of Richard Avedon's books and also mm. did uh, Gagosian Gallery catalogs. And I was like, you know, let me talk with them and see what they charged. And because I wanted to create, with the first issue of Gratuity included, one of the things that's special about it is that the sequences are separated by red translucent plastic inserts and there's like seven or eight in them and in kind of shopping around what what i wanted to do with folks a lot of a lot of folks were like either uh we can't bind that kind of material we can't find that kind of material um or it is going to be exorbitantly expensive but these uh these folks that i found in minneapolis were like oh yeah we we can do anything whatever you throw at us we'll do um maybe a little bit more expensive than your local printing house but the quality of their work is uh is amazing um and it's really high end you know if they're doing gagosian gallery catalogs and richard avedon's work so that so, so to me that was also important i didn't want to put out something that looked cheap or felt cheap um, and, you know, and, and in comparing like the amount of money I would spend on self-publishing this compared to what I would have to go through a publisher for, um, I'm saving money. <laughs> so, so, you know, the one thing a publisher has going on is its name and its potential for uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, we have the Internet. I'm also always out and about at photo festivals and promoting my work and pushing it. So I figure, you know, why not just do it, do it myself I already, you know, just, you know, my experience with um, running a record label back in the day. It's it's really uh, not much different at all. In fact, it's, it's a little bit easier because with a record label, you have to deal with four, three or four or more people in a band and their personalities with this, I just have to deal with myself. Sure. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't do it. You you only have yourself to blame. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, the, the drummer's uh, girlfriend doesn't want him to be gone for three months while he tours Europe. Um, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all you. Uh, again, I hear from a lot of people who want to publish. I'm not sure where to point them. Yeah. You know, I guess, I would avoid blurb, I would, you know, mm-hmm. or any of those online things because for what you get, it's really kind of overpriced, but it is more expensive. Like, you know, so I'm printing these first editions in a limited edition of 150 copies. Um, and so, you know, it costs a significant 
not a, a whole lot of money, but a significant chunk of change to do each one, right? Um, and for some people, it may be a little bit more appealing to do a, uh, you know, a, a on-demand process. But you're not going to get anything unique. You're going to get something that's kind of cookie cutter and it has to fit into those templates. So, you know, as I said, I was kind of a, a because I've ran a, a record label, I was confident that I, you know, I could sell these to at least make the, the money back that I put into it. And, um, you know, and, and just, just keep, keep, keep pushing it. So it's, you know, it takes a level of, of, uh, of commitment. Um, you know, but also the other thing about photo book world, I find it's, which is not like music is a lot of these photo book companies don't really consider the impact of the artists and their, they consider their network as far as online network. Um, and as an avenue for, for sales. Um, but I don't know how, if they consider like, you know, how many speaking appearances they do or how much travel they do or opportunities to sell the book in, in person. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're a, a band, you know, you're, especially these days, you're selling all your stuff by touring. Unfortunately, you can't do that right now with COVID-19, but, and same goes to me, uh, going to photo festivals and stuff, but it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, they'll put out, they'll publish a book by a photographer, but there's really not much expectation on a photographer to go, let's say out on quote unquote tour to go, Oh, you should be speaking at these festivals or having these exhibitions or what have you. Right. Which is this, you know, for me, it's like, I, you know, I'm publishing these books myself, but I'm also have lots of opportunities to promote and, and sell it as, as well. It's not like I put it out there and then that's it. You know, I'm going to be pushing them until they're all. I hope you've enjoyed the sample of the Street Photography Magazine featured photographer interview. To access the full story and get access to all the other Street Photography Magazine content, head over to streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe and try out the magazine for free for two weeks. That's streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. We look forward to you becoming a part of the Street Photography Magazine community.